Here's a stat about Canada that I want you to think about. 35% of young adults between the ages of 20 to 34 live with their parents. That's one in three adults according to the most recent census data. And you might be thinking this is a Toronto or Vancouver problem, but this trend isn't just affecting these stereotypical expensive cities. The number of young adults living with their parents has been growing the fastest in the big cities of Alberta and Saskatchewan. So today, we've got Rob Carrick back on the show. He's the Globe's personal finance columnist, and he recently did a survey on this issue and the controversial idea of parents charging their adult kids rent. I'm Cheryl Sutherland, and this is The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. Rob, it's great to be talking to you today. Glad to be here. So, Rob, you're a veteran personal finance columnist, and um, you get a lot of emails, I'm sure. You cover a lot of topics. But I want to hear about what type of feedback you're hearing from your readers about young adults living at home with their parents. What are you hearing? Cheryl, i got to be honest, I am not hearing a lot, and I'll huh. tell you why. It's a topic that people are not really talking to everybody else about. If you've got kids living at home, it's kind of a private thing. You'll talk to your friends and your family about it, but it's not something that you're uh, broadcasting to the masses. Mm. But I know a lot of it's happening because I can see it in my own extended family. And, um, you know, I know from census data and from uh, surveys, et cetera, that it's happening and it's a very common thing. But people are keeping it private. Is it kind of like a shame thing? I'm wondering. I think that originally it, there might have been a tinge of that, but I don't think it's that. I just think it's considered a private family matter. And, um, you know, when you're talking to your family members and your friends and your group, you know, you're going to compare notes. And I know a lot of parents of millennials and Gen Zs will be experiencing this, but there's not shame, but it is private. Let's also define what we mean when we say young adult, because, you know, that can mean a lot of things. But what age range are we mainly talking about when we think of these adult kids living in multi-generational homes? Well, I would say it starts at about 20, uh, 20, 22, let's say, mm -hmm. and goes up to 40. Let's be honest. I wow. Mean, yeah. I, I mean, I've been uh, doing some research and some surveying on uh, adult kids paying rent. And as part of that, I found out that there's a substantial chunk of 30-somethings living at home and even a uh, fairly significant number of 40-somethings. Yeah. So what are the numbers of people in their 20s versus their, their 40s, some of the percentages? So 33% of the parents who participated in my survey, and it was close to about 1,000 parents, uh, roughly one-third were 22 to 25. To me, that's the sweet spot. That's the normal spot. Fine. You, you make a pit stop at home, living at home after you graduate till you get a good job or your career advances enough that you can afford like big city rent or you get your house payment in order. And then the next chunk, uh, almost another third were 26 to 30. Again, fine. Who's, who's going to think twice about that? But then we get 31 to 35. That was 14%. And then um, another 4% were 36 to 40. And here's the kick. 4.5% were over 40. Wow. So in the group of survey participants, as I say, close to 1,000, 42 parents had uh, kids over 40 living at home. That took me by surprise. Interesting. It's also probably important to point out that multi-generational homes are common in certain cultures, right? And as we see the census data change, there's also demographic changes in Canada. So how is that factoring into the rise of these living arrangements? Well, I think um, the cultures where this is common are kind of, they have set an example for the rest of the country. Mm -hmm. This is a sensible, 
practical way to address high housing costs. And I think that more people are going to be doing what these cultures have done, you know, since forever. Um, there's no choice, really. I mean, if you can't afford rent and you can't afford to buy a house, what do you do? Um, if you're fortunate enough to have a family that you can move back in with, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. And so these are kind of communities with sizable South Asian populations, for example, right? And even Indigenous households, this is kind of a common uh, thing that happens in these households. Right. It's been done and it will be done. And I think more people will follow along because uh, because it just makes good sense. Yeah. It's also worth pointing out, Rob, though, that this is not something that every family can do. Correct. Some families just do not have the living space. Some families don't get along. It's not practical in every case. Um, but where it is, I think there's an increasing realization that this ha- option has to be considered. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Something I'm thinking about is that people not affording to move out is not actually a new trend, right? We know that the housing in Canada has been unaffordable for a while, um, but the data that we're talking about shows that since 2016, the multi-generational living arrangements has increased, right? So what is it about this specific time that's different than before? Like, what are we seeing? To me, the story of young adults moving home really became something that we, we all had to grapple with back in 08, 09, after the financial crisis and the recession. The job market for young people was terrible back then. And then there was this phenomenon of the boomerang generation. If you remember that phrase, all these young adults moving back home, what's wrong with them? Well, there was nothing wrong with them. It was, what was wrong was, was the job market. Um, and so we, we sort of began to normalize the idea of young adults moving home back then. But in the last five or so years, housing took off like a rocket and you know 2021 was a monster year for housing and i think that just basically like closed the door on home ownership for a lot of people and we haven't seen anything happen in housing since then to make it more affordable and in that light this is where i think the the moving back home thing kind of became uh, almost a, an economic necessity i think unless you see rents going way down or unless you see house prices going way down i just think this is this is the future yeah, I mean, we re- recently had you on um, the decibel talking about millennial debt and, and just this idea of even just to get a down payment for a house is just so much higher, right? So it is becoming so much more difficult to get into the housing market. So I guess these type of living arrangements become more of a, a common thing. Well, if you know, the average price of a, of a resale house in Toronto is over a million dollars. That means the minimum down payment you need is $200,000 plus. So that is a tremendous amount of money to save. And if you're paying rent in Toronto, where the average uh, price of a one-bedroom apartment is probably 2000 plus, that is a tall order. And if you move back home and you pay a modest rent to your parents, then you can start to put away that money that will get you eventually to 200000 But it will take a lot longer than it used to. It will. So you'll have to partner up with somebody. We'll be back after this. Okay, so we've established that living at home is more common, happening with adult kids well into their 30s and maybe into their 40s. And Rob, you recently did a survey looking at the parent side of this, specifically parents that are charging their kids, which, I don't know, controversial maybe. Um, And you had 960 respondents. What percentage of parents did you find charge? 51.9%. Fifty-one point nine percent. That is the number. That so it's a a majority are now charging rent. I think it seems high. Yeah, I agree. I think if, if I'd done this survey back 
you know, when I wrote my book back in 20, 2012, I bet it would have been like 10, 20%. Uh, I think it's wearing my parents. I think they feel like they need to impose some sort of financial discipline on their kids or teach them how the world works. And uh, uh, most parents are charging a symbolic rent. They're not, you know, they're not going in uh, red hot with market rents. You know, please pay me $2,000 a month. Uh, you know, the most common rent is $500 or less. Rob, what did you find out about where that money is actually going? Oh, you know what? It's interesting. Um, about uh, 10, 12% of parents are taking the money and mm -hmm. they're putting it in savings and they plan to give it back to their kids when they leave. Mm -hmm. um, about 10% of the parents said they need the money uh, for to help them run the house. And the rest weren't really very specific on it. But I suspect that keeping the money aside, saving it and presenting it back to the kids later on is a not uncommon thing. And I'm uh, quite in favor of that. In fact, if mm -hmm. your kid says, I'm really close to having enough for a down payment or for first and last month's rent, you could say, well, here's all your rent money back and now you can go tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to know if the parents are keeping that as a secret or are they actually telling them they're saving it? Yeah, I, that that I didn't delve into. But that's a really good yeah. question. I, I, I would... Uh, you know, if it were me, I'd probably keep it secret, but that's yeah. uh, that's me. Yeah, I'd be a surprise amount of money when, you, when you're about to move out. I'd be very excited about that. <laughs> um, I'm assuming there are probably strong feelings about whether or not to charge your kids. But from the reporting you've done, you talked about the parent side, but what do young readers say about their feelings around this? Well, I didn't survey young readers about paying rent, um, but let me put it this way. What I've always suggested is if you're a young person and you're moving back home, approach your parents about paying rent. Um, don't don't let it hang in the air or don't let your parents bring it up to you later on because they think you're not pulling your weight. Go to them and say, here's what my income is or I don't have any income. Um, here's what I can afford to pay in rent. And if it's zero, here's what I'm going to do to offset that with chores and uh, maybe paying utility bills and that sort of thing. And I should add that some of the parents that aren't charging rent are getting help from their kids either financially in the form of money for groceries or utilities or they're doing work around the house. So there is an economic uh, way of paying for accommodation as well, uh, other than rent. Mm. It's interesting because uh, our summer uh, producer is talking about how uh, living at home sometimes there are some awkward moments, right? Because when you're living at home, there would be like a, a parcel coming from Amazon and <laughs> she gets some eye rolls when it's a Sephora package. So, you know, there can be these awkward moments happening uh, between adult children and, and parents. Um, can you kind of talk about these other ways about negotiating with your parents when, when these type of situations happen? Well, I could think of far more awkward moments than a Sephora package. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you need to get that out on the table. What if I'm having an overnight guest? You know, what if mm. I want to uh, kick back with uh, recreational uh, substances? You know, I'm, how does that work? Is it okay if I do it in the basement? Is it, is it uh, strictly forbidden in the house? Um, get it all on the table. You know, in fact, you have to have sort of like a business meeting when this all starts. Talk about rent, talk about um, uh, comings and goings and... Uh, Who's going to pay for groceries and how much, uh, you know, uh, you're going to contribute to not just the um, the finances of the house, but keeping the house running? What about laundry? What about uh, keeping the grass cut, uh, you know, uh, housework and that sort of thing? Get it all out front. You know, the worst thing is for your parents to get annoyed with you and then come back at you and with all these grievances and then oh, there's a big fight about it. You know, what? if you're going to be an adult moving back home, act like an adult. My advice to kids is don't reassert your kidness back in the house. Mm, come back mm -hmm. as a grown up. Um, so I could see why some young adults might feel like 
it might feel like a failure to move back into your, your parents' house. Are there any benefits for both the adult kids and the parents in these kinds of arrangements? Well, you know, my experience is that adults kind of like having their adult kids around. I mean, oh, okay. yeah, it might be some of the best times you have as a family, honestly. But it can wear on you too if your kids are, um, if you feel your kids aren't launching or they're not doing enough. So I think you need to have, um, you need to have good discussions about how things are going to go and how things are going once you're in there. Now, benefits for the kids, um, there's a huge economic benefit. If you don't have to pay market rent, it opens up a huge opportunity to save money and um, to get your finances in order and to build your career and to put yourself in a position where when you leave, it's a one-way trip and you're on your way to, uh, you know, to financial independence. I, I like to think of it as a pit stop. You're there for a short period and then you're moving on to the next stage. And I think when you move back home, you've got to think, what is my plan? Um, how long might I be here and how will I get myself onto the next leg? Mm -hmm. When you say launch, what, what do you mean by that? Economic independence. It means... Uh, having a job with sufficient income to rent a place and save and live your life and get yourself sort of on that path towards home ownership, which is what most people aspire to. And so this idea of launching, it's not happening as quickly as it used to. I've uh, been in the workforce for a few decades, several, many decades. And, you know, back in my day, it was common to graduate, get a job and you're off. You were launched and the launch is taking longer and longer and longer. And I... I know there's going to be a tendency to think, what is wrong with these young kids today? And I think it's the economy, strictly the economy. But it is there's a lot of friction in, in launching and it's getting harder and longer. And that explains to me why there's more uh, there's more kids than ever before who are doing this. So this trend of living with your parents into your late 20s and into your 30s and as you found out, sometimes in your 40s can come with negative stereotypes. And I'm kind of thinking about the guy living in his mom's basement. I mean, Rob, you even wrote a book about how not to move back in with your parents back in 2012. But do you think that this stigma is changing for young adults? Like, is it maybe okay to now live with your parents for a little bit longer? Yeah, it is. You know, um, I've heard the term revolving door used by parents for their houses. Uh, ah. And it's like, they're just sort of saying, you know what, they're coming, they're going. My kid got a job, it was a temporary contract. They moved out with roommates, then they then they lost that job or that, that contract ended and they had to come back home for a while or they're going back to school. I think that's where we, where we are right now. There's no stigma to it. Um, it's sort of a normal, practical thing. No one's bragging about it, mm. but it's it's done. And I just want to know, what's your advice for young adults who need to decide between wanting to live independently um, of their parents, but also are struggling with making ends meet for rent? What, what's your advice here? You know, I, I think it's okay to struggle a bit with rent and be financially independent in your own place. I really do. You know, if you're spending... Uh, 30, 40, 50% uh, is a bit extreme, but the, the ideal is 30 or less. If you're spending in the 40s, uh, but you have prospects of growing your income and building your career, it's okay to do that for a little while. I, 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 I think living on your own is great and it's an important stage in life. But if you can't make it, if you cannot afford all your costs, then move home if you can. If your parents are cool with it, do it because it's a lifesaver. So, Rob, what I'm hearing is that it sounds like 30 or 40 percent of your take home income for rent is kind of a good benchmark for knowing if you can move out. 
30% of gross income or less is ideal. Now, I don't know many people who are able to able to pull that off these days. So I'm thinking we're going to have to realistically go up to 40. And at 50, I think you're really going to find you don't have much money uh, to do all the other stuff you want to do and, and hopefully put a little money away because, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of uh, young people aspire to get into the housing market and you have to be in an arrangement. If you want to get into the housing market before you turn 65, you're going to need to save aggressively for a down payment. And you can't do that if all your money is going to rent, food, and activities. And um, my margin for struggling would be one or two years of doing that. But there's got to be prospects for you um, for you improving your situation. And I think a lot of young people in their careers will find that. And even in today's job market, once it was really tough on young people, now it's quite favorable. So if you're going to struggle for a little while, it's okay. Um, as long as you feel that I'll get more ability to afford my rent and more ability to save for, for home down payments in the next couple of years. And on the other side, what is your advice for parents who may be new to navigating this situation and feeling more financial pressure to support their children? You know, I, I think the uh, I think that's one of the biggest changes in parenting in the last 25 years has to be this fresh obligation to support your kids after they graduate from university. And it's not just having them move back home, it's trying to come up with help to buy a home down payment, it's paying their cell phone plans and their car insurance and helping them with groceries. I mean, I've heard about all this happening. Um, it's tough. I, I I do think parents can no longer look think, okay, my kids graduated and they've got a first job. I am done with that. Mm. The costs of parenting are continuing on and on. And with housing being as expensive as it is, I just think we're going to see more and more of this. Mm. Yeah. Rob, thanks so much for being on the show today. Glad to do it. That's it for today. I'm Cheryl Sutherland. Nagin Nia is our summer producer. Our producers are Madeline White and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show. Adrian Chung is our senior producer. And Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.